Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church. Today, we're going to be taking another step in understanding what Jesus, the master of prayer, taught us about prayer. And I'm telling you what, it's not the same old religious junk that we've heard all of our lives. It's not about repeating rote prayers and reciting. Man, I'll tell you, Jesus taught us about how to establish the kingdom of God in our lives and the kingdom of God in the world around us. And today we're going to be talking about this. If you want your life to come in line with God's kingdom, that realm where Jesus is Lord and all of his resources are available to you, then I'll tell you something, you want to hear this. And I encourage you, forward this link to as many of your friends as you can, because I got news for you. Your friends are struggling with prayer as much or maybe even more than you are. And we want to help people move forward. And remember, all of these messages are always available at www.impactministries.com because we will be a blessing to you as much as we can. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want you to know that I've got a great free message that you can download this month. It's called Prayers That Always Get Answered. When you pray your prayers, you want to know that they're going to be answered. This is going to help you tremendously. All right, I want to just dive right into this. Now, I'm going to make a statement here that I'm going to tell you it's going to be so challenging for you, and I don't want you to get negative about yourself. Don't you get negative about anybody else. But until you can accept this statement, then the truth is you will have no power in New Covenant prayer. And the statement is this, planet Earth, in other words, everything that's happening in planet Earth, good and bad, is what it is because of what man has made it to be. I want to tell you something, that flies in the face of religion. Religion wants you to believe that God sovereignly decides everything that happened. Religion wants you to believe that it's God tormenting the world and punishing the world and causing the world to get bad so that Jesus can come back and judge the world. I want to tell you something, religion wants you to believe the worst about God. And one of the greatest heresies in the world, and one of the heresies around which all occults operate is the idea that God is an angry God. Now, if you take that to the ultimate extreme, he's the God that can't be trusted. So then which God do you trust? Then you trust Lucifer, who brought enlightenment in the Garden of Eden. That's where a lot of people go. But in church, not many people go to trusting Lucifer, but they do buy into the doctrine that God is in control, so everything that's happening is happening because of God, which really means God can't be trusted. Let me tell you something. When we choose whose wisdom, whose information, whose logic, whose values we're going to embrace and apply in our life, then we are choosing whether we will follow Lucifer or follow God. Doesn't matter if you're a Christian going to church and praying and everything. If you're not choosing God's morals, values, principles, and ethics. If you're not choosing that, then you're choosing something else. And the only other option is that which in the world came from Luciferian philosophies. So we're choosing to follow Lucifer or to follow God based on where we get our values, morals, ethics, and these sort of things. And 
we are establishing in the earth the kingdoms, the type of kingdoms that we have chosen to follow. And the earth will not change. I mean, ultimately, Jesus is going to come back. We'll talk a little bit about that. But the earth isn't going to change because God sovereignly from heaven makes it change. The earth is going to change when we change, when we get our hearts out of the kingdoms of this world, when we get our hearts out of the greed and the lust and the gratification, the flesh, all those things that the world seeks after, when we give our hearts fully to Jesus and we enter into this kingdom realm, and I got news for you, that's when the world is going to change because it starts changing us first. So Jesus taught the disciples about praying, about first approaching God as your Father. And then secondly... He talked to them about connecting to the name of God. We talked about this last week, about how connecting to the name of God is how we enter into the secret place. We enter into the deepest realm of His heart, and He enters into the deepest realm of our heart when we, by faith, connect to who He says He is. And He moves from that to, now that you're connected to God, establish the kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now remember this. The kingdom of God is within. Until Jesus comes back, the church will not establish the physical kingdom of God. Nobody will establish the physical kingdom of God. There are doctrines out there that say that will happen, but there is absolutely no concrete biblical basis to verify that. Jesus will come the second time to rule and reign as king and to establish the kingdom of God for 1,000 years here on planet earth so man can finally see what life on earth could have been if we had just trusted God. But for now, the kingdom is within. So I want you to understand there's this concept among Hebrew scholars that basically says that the kingdom of God is the realm that you enter into in your heart and the kingdom of heaven are the resources that exist within that realm. I don't know how you accept that or see that, but I know this. You can't have kingdom resources if you're not in the kingdom realm, and you can't be in the kingdom realm if Jesus is not king, if he is not the Lord. So for God's kingdom to come to planet earth today, it's got to come in our own hearts. It's got to start inside of us, not in our behavior. You know, our behavior may need to change, but it's got to start in our hearts because we enter into a realm where we connect to something that is so supernatural. It is beyond words, where we connect to a peace that just doesn't even make sense considering everything that's going wrong, where we enter into this realm of hope when there's no reason to hope in the natural, where we enter into this realm where nothing can separate us from the love of God. And we're not talking about just separate us legally. I'm talking about experientially. Nothing can make me stop loving God. Nothing can make me stop feeling the love of God. Nothing can make me stop feeling and enjoying and participating inwardly in everything that God has given me through the Lord Jesus Christ. So it starts in our hearts, and then it is expressed in our lives. Now, when you look back at the Old Testament, the Old Testament and the nation of Israel gave us an outward physical nation that was a type of what would happen in our hearts in the kingdom of God. Now, Israel was called to be a holy nation. Remember the word holy as much as anything has to do with being uncommon. In other words, they were not 
like the nations around them. It wasn't just the fact that they were dedicated to their God, though the nations around them were dedicated to their own gods. But as much as anything, honestly, believe it or not, it was their civil law, their financial laws, how to manage money, how to protect the poor, and all of these kinds of things. And the justice in their civil law was such that God said, if you'll do this and if you'll live by this, then the nations of the earth, they'll fear you and they won't attack you. And what would have happened if they had done that is Israel would have become a light to all the nations of the world. And the temple in Israel would become a house of prayer for all nations. Our job now as a church, Israel failed at that. And I'm sorry to say, as a whole, the church has failed. I'm not saying every church. I'm not saying every Christian. I'm not condemning church. I love church. I'll tell you, I love good churches. I, I despise bad churches. I despise churches where they beat you up, they run you down, they use you up, and when they've sucked everything out of you and get, they throw you out the door and move on to somebody else. And sadly, there's a lot of them out there. And they're not that way because of the church. They're that way because of individuals who are involved. But I'm there's great churches and great pastors, great servants of God, great men and women of God doing everything they can to bless and help the people in their congregation, in their community, and, and trying to reach the world. So, man, I, I love the church, but the church as a whole has failed just as much as Israel failed. But I want you to understand something. Establishing the kingdom of God, this is not asking God to do this. You know, when we called God our Father, we weren't asking Him to become our Father. We were acknowledging an already established fact. You see, establishing the kingdom of God starts with the already established fact of we know what the will of God is. We know what the will of God for man is. We understand what God wants for us to do in blessing and helping other people, we understand God's will perfectly. A lot of people say, well, I don't understand God's will perfectly. Well, look at Jesus. Jesus' life, teaching, and ministry gave us the model whereby we interpret everything that God had ever said up until that point. And then through the death, burial, and resurrection, which is death, burial, and resurrection, delivered us from the curses of the law. We were raised up with him into newness of life. We became a joint heir with him in his inheritance. We joined in his victory over the devil. And all of that is God's will because it was expressed in the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and the agreement that God made with Jesus, which we call the new covenant, or as the Bible calls it, the covenant of peace. So I want you to understand something. We're not ready to establish the kingdom of God in our life if we don't know the will of God. Now, you may not know the particulars about what you've got to do with your life, but you know God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to succeed. God wants you to be healthy. God wants you to be happy. He wants your relationships to work. All of these kinds of things, that's the will of God. Listen, don't go away. I'll be right back. Man, we're going to keep going in this thing. My new series this month, New Covenant Prayer, The Secret of Powerful, Effective Prayer, is going to be a deal changer for you. It's 12 incredible messages. And now listen, I teach this series or reteach this series every few years because prayer is so effective and we've got to have a powerful prayer life. And this month only, I'm going to have a special offer for you. This would normally cost you $84. This month you can get it for $59 in CD or you can download it for less than that on MP3. All right, we're diving right straight into one of the most important things that you have to get established in your heart for new covenant kingdom praying to work. Now, understand something. Remember, 
the definition of the word pray is to judge or assess. It's not talking about judging to find fault. Your life, not other people, not what anybody else is doing, but to look at your life and determine, assess if your life is harmonious with God's word, God's wisdom. Not in a legalistic way, not in a way that you're trying to earn something from God, but just whether or not you are basing your decisions, how you're treating people, is all rooted in the word of God, all rooted in the love of God. And any place that it's not, then you want to reconcile that. And by reconcile, it means you got to reconcile in your own heart. You got to renew your mind. You got to put on the mind of Christ. You got to put on the Bible. You know, I was thinking about this about renewing your mind. One of the reasons Bible reading is so monotonous for most people is because people don't approach it from a perspective that says, here is the wisdom for life. Here is how to get life to work the way it's supposed to work. You know, renewing your mind is not just when you realize something's going wrong in your life. Renewing the mind is every time you're reading the Bible, you're looking to understand God, understand the world, understand communication, understand finances, understand children, understand governments of the world, understand everything from God's perspective. And you make those adjustments in real time as you're going. So if you're going to do new covenant prayer, then you've got to stop asking God to do what he has given you authority to do. And this gets into the crux of what I want to talk to you about, about establishing the kingdom. You see, faith doesn't begin with the promise of God, the, the promise I need for my life. Faith begins with trusting the character and the nature of God. Is God who he said he's going to be? Is he who his name reveals him to be? Is he who his word reveals him to be? And is my interpretation of his word rooted in his name and in the life, ministry, and death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus? If that's not my interpretation of God, if that's not where my faith starts, then I got news for you. I'll never have stable faith. I'll never be able to live victorious. I'll never be able to overcome in every single situation. But you see, faith starts with the character and nature of God, and then it moves into creation. And if you have been duped into believing the world's view of creation then you'll never have completely stable faith in God. Because the next step in this process is then believing that you are who God says you are and that you can do what God says you can do. So God gave authority of earth to man. And so earth has become what man has chosen for it to be. And in our series, I go into a lot of scriptures that establish this and explain this. You know, one of the scriptures that has always spoken to me is Proverbs eleven eleven. By the blessing of the upright, a city, and you can put there a nation, a family, a household, or an individual is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked, or you could say by the wicked mouth. I want to tell you something. What we believe, what we say, what we declare, all of these things are factors. So the kingdom of God, we know what God's will is. We look at our life. We don't look at everybody else's life. We can't fix anything out there necessarily. I mean, we might influence some things out there, but we really can't fix anything out there. We look at our lives and we determine what areas of our life we are not having or sharing in communion or fellowship with the Lord Jesus. You say, what do you mean sharing? Well, the Bible talks about our communion with Christ. And that word communion or fellowship with Christ 
means the things that we share in common with him. Well, what do we share in common with him? We share in common the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We share in common with him the inheritance that he received. We share in common the victories that he gained for us. We share in common his position with God. Do I look at my life and does the fruit of my life reflect that in this area of my life, I am in communion with the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this area of my life, the kingdom of God is as it should be in my life. And if it's not, I've got to reconcile it. Now, in this thing, you know, we talked briefly about binding and loosing, oh, about three weeks ago in this program. By the way, if you've missed any of these programs in this series, go back and listen. They're on our website, man. They'll help you. We keep those there so that people can use them for iGroups, so that people can use them for you know, there's a lot of churches that use this for a midweek service, for a Bible study service, or for a Sunday night service. We want you to use these to minister to people. And what I really love is when people start eye groups. So, you know, use these things, but go back and check them out. You know, remember this. When it comes to binding and loosing, it is not about the devil. Matthew 18, 18, as well as one other scripture in Matthew, tells us about having the ability to bind and loose. And Jesus said, Surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, you know, I've pointed this out to you already, but I want to say it again. If you read how this reads in the Greek language, it would be something like this. And whatever has been bound or declared unlawful in heaven, you shall declare unlawful on earth. And whatever has been loosed or declared lawful in heaven, you shall declare to be lawful on earth. Now, see, this means, and you couple this with the teaching of the parables of the kingdom. You couple this with Jesus' teaching about prayer. This means that it is up to us to establish God's kingdom here on earth, but it has to always start within ourselves because the way we want to change the world is by influence. It's not by force. And sadly, the church has this carnal idea that force is going to work. I mean, you know, that's what the early Catholic church did. They tried to conquer the world through force, through armies, and force people to become members of the church. They didn't try to force them to become Christians. Try to force them to become members of the church. But ultimately, the only way we can establish the kingdom here, since the kingdom is not an external thing. It's not about a government. The kingdom is about the government or the rule of God in our hearts. So the only way we can happen is when we do what Israel should have done, when we do what the church as a whole should have done, where our lives are working. I'm not saying everything's going perfect, but I'm saying inwardly our lives are working. We're not troubled when everybody else is troubled. We're not angry when everybody's just angry. We're not gossiping when everybody else is gossiping. We're not attacking and fighting when everybody else is attacking and fighting. We have peace. We have joy. We have hope. We have the fruit of the Spirit working in our lives. And that's an internal thing. And the Bible tells us that when people see that in our lives, that we need to be ready to give an answer when they ask about the hope that's in us. And so you see, the way you establish the kingdom and planet Earth is when the kingdom is established in our own hearts, and out of that, we begin to influence the world. And like God told the nation of Israel, He says, man, when your enemies see this, they will fear, they will tremble, they will not attack you, 
Now, I understand there's persecution for righteousness sake, and, you know, I realize that, but the point is this. People who want God, people who want a life that works, and they see your life working. And again, I'm not saying everything has to be perfect. I'm not saying that we have to be flawless. This whole idea that if we're a bunch of flawless Christians, that, that the world's going to come to us. No, they're not. If they look at us and we're all flawless, they're going to say, I can't be flawless. I'm not going there. Well, the truth is that we're not flawless. We just try to lie and cover up and act spiritual so people think we're flawless. But the real truth is God loves us where we are. And what God wants is the love that we are experiencing to whatever degree we're experiencing. He wants that to be taken to the world. So God wants there to be a unity in heaven and in earth. God wants what Jesus had already established for us to become established in our lives, therefore is established on earth. But you know, there's one other aspect to the kingdom coming that I think we need to consider. I think one aspect of the kingdom coming is this. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, and establish your kingdom. I'll tell you something. The time in planet Earth that we call the tribulation, most people think that the tribulation is the wrath of God being poured out on earth. It is. It's not the wrath of God being poured out on earth. It is because man has eradicated so much of the knowledge of God from planet Earth, twisted and made it against the law and stamped it out and denied it through false science and all this kind of stuff to such a degree that people are hopeless and, and people are giving themselves to everything except God and people are giving themselves to everything but the Word of God and the world is becoming dark and the Antichrist is on the rise through this darkness to destroy mankind, to destroy what God loves. And so tribulation is not God's wrath. Tribulation is the wrath of the Lucifer expressed through the Antichrist to kill, to destroy what God loves. I'll tell you something. People who are kingdom-minded, they are looking beyond these circumstances to the fact that when Jesus returns personally as Lord, that He will destroy the Antichrist and His followers, and He will establish the kingdom, here on earth for a thousand years, we get to see what it's like for the lamb to lay down with the lion. We get to see what it's like if a man dies at a hundred, he will be considered a youth or a child. We'll get to see what it's like for an economic system that never oppresses the poor and that never allows money to concentrate in the hands of the wicked. We'll get to see how God truly intended to be for a thousand years. And I'll tell you, the hope and the patience of the saints, according to the book of Revelation, when we face this persecution, when we face this evil that's coming upon us, is the fact that we know that the kingdom's coming. We know that Jesus is coming. And I'll tell you something, I think we've got to get it in our hearts. We've got to give up on the world. We've got to give up on governments. We've got to give up on the economy. We've got to give up on everything that the world is saying we've got to have in order for life to work. And what we've got to do is we've got to get up on some kingdom believing. We've got to get up on ushering in the return of Jesus to planet earth. Man, I don't know about you. I'm just absolutely ready. Listen, don't go away. I'll be back with my mentoring moment in just a second. Make your plans now to be with me on July the 15th, 16th, and 17th for World Changer Weekend. And then again in October, you can check on my website for a heart physics weekend. Listen, we're changing lives, changing the world, changing ourselves, growing in God. You know, almost 40 years ago, God gave me a plan for reaching the world in a way that nearly no one has ever done since the time of Jesus. 
He said, instead of building a big conglomerate ministry, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but for me, he said, instead of doing this where you have a localized power base, he said, invest in people who are influencers. And so we started Impact International School of Ministry, and we have invested in influencers all over the world so that today millions and millions of people are hearing this message. People, we won't see this side of heaven. But you know something? We've taken that a step farther with what we call Operation One Billion, where all over the world we are starting Bible schools to train leaders. And in these third world countries, when they go to Bible school and when they get launched out, they go out and evangelize. They go out and start churches. It's not like America where people just go to Bible school and quit. Listen, I would invite you to become not just a world changer with our ministry, but join me in Operation One Billion. Always remember the mentoring moment is about putting it into practice. You know, I have people say all the time, you know, Jim Richards is my mentor. I'm glad I'm having an influence on their life. But you know what? I'm not a person's mentor unless they're putting it into practice. Just like in following Jesus is my Lord. He's not my Lord if I'm not putting it into practice. So mentoring moment is where I say, listen, if you're connecting to what I'm teaching you, then I'm showing you now how to put it in practice. Now, the key thing about establishing the kingdom of God in your life and here on planet earth revolves around first and foremost, as I've already said, knowing the provisions of the new covenant. There is no substitution for this. You've got to know what is lawful to happen in our life, which is all the promises. You've got to know what's unlawful to happen in all of our life, which is all of the curses. And you've got to know that the wisdom of God and you've got to be willing to follow the wisdom of God. But other than that, the next most important thing is this. Don't ask God to do what he's already done in Jesus. In other words, you bind. You look at the circumstance in your life and say, you are not from God. I do not accept you. Now, I'll tell you, sometimes that doesn't necessarily mean you know what to do about it or how to get rid of it. It's just, I do not accept you. Leave me now. Leave my life. You are not welcome as an influence. However you do it, you have to make that choice. You have to bind that feeling, that emotion, that sickness, that circumstance. You have to bind that away from your life, and you have to then loose or put on what? God says that is allowed in your life. So never ask God to do that which is already given through Jesus. Never ask God to do that which he tells you to do. Remember something. When we ask God to do what his word says he's already done in Jesus, it is not a prayer of faith. It is a declaration of doubt. And if you want to establish the kingdom in your life, then you know you're going to bind, you're going to lose. It's going to happen. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.